Thanks for tuning into the Texas Family Law Podcast, where we provide you tips and insight to help you navigate divorce and child custody situations. This is Brian Walters. And I'm Jake Gilbreth. We are the managing partners at Walters Gilbreth PLLC with offices in Houston, Austin, and Dallas. And we're both board certified in family law by the Texas Board of Legal Specialization. Your hosts are broadcasting from the Lone Star State of Texas, where both have earned a reputation as fierce and effective advocates, both inside and outside the courtroom. All right, so this week, Brian and I were talking, and we thought that we'd talk about continuing on the topic of business valuations and specifically talk about business valuations during the time of the pandemic. And we decided to do this topic because I've actually had it come up in two separate cases. Just recently, one actually we were talking about in a deposition on Friday. We were talking to the vice president of a business that's being evaluated, and we had our experts in the deposition, uh, the other side had their experts in the depositions. This, the effect of the the pandemic had on the valuation of the business came up, along with the effect that the uh, federal stimulus package had and and various different funds that the business was getting from the stimulus package and how that would affect the overall valuation. So, Brian, I thought that we'd talk about that, and I, I guess I'll start off by talking about what I'm hearing from all the experts in our cases, which is essentially a, we don't know. We don't know how this is going to affect business valuations. We don't know how this is going to affect projecting income into the future. Because if you remember from our last podcast, we were talking about valuing businesses as an ongoing concern. And that's the income approach to valuing businesses. Um, That's probably the most common thing that we see in the divorce is that we value as a business, not just as if it was being liquidated today, but rather valuing as an ongoing concern where we take the income of business, apply a multiplier, I say we, the experts do this, and then apply various discounts on it. I think Brian would be the first one to say, uh, along with me, that you know it is typical and to see during a divorce that the business owner all of a sudden starts you know, screaming and hollering about income being down and the sky is falling and the business isn't really what everybody thinks that it is. And that's not an uncommon thing. And I guess I'll ask you, Brian, is that, is that something that before COVID-19 you were seeing kind of as a area of dispute and business valuations as to what the recent income is, as opposed to looking at what historical figures were showing everybody? That's right. I mean, that's, that's always been kind of a dynamic in a lot of these cases is when the divorce starts, then the, person who's going to end up with the business, typically the, the founder or owner is tempted to say that the valuation is less and things are going to be bad and income is down. And not all of them do, but I mean, that's certainly a temptation. And on top of that, we have actual, um, a lot of businesses having a lot of troubles right now. Yes, yeah, like legitimate for the first time. Uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes it is. I mean, sometimes there really is an economic downturn or it really does make logical sense that the business is not doing as well as it, as it has historically. I, I do remember though, as being a first year associate being taught by my boss at the time who Jim Piper, who's actually have counsel at our firm now, but Jim taught me, uh, kind of sat me down the first six months and said, you know, Jake, you will never hear the business owner. You will never hear his or her lawyer pick up the phone and call the other side and say, I've got great news. The business is doing great. We're printing money. There's more than enough money to go around for everybody. I just want to share that with everybody. You'll never hear that. What you always hear is it's gloom and doom and 
the business is crashing and burning. So you take that into account and the business valuation, the uh, CPAs who do the business valuation, they actually have a, a phrase for it that you sometimes hear tossed around and, and it's kind of tossed around humorously. It's, it's called RAIDS, uh, R-A-I-D-S, which is stands for Recently Acquired Income Deficiency Syndrome, that you know, you go through a divorce and all of a sudden the business owner is motivated to say, you know, this business is not doing as well as you guys think it is. Because if you remember from our previous discussions, you know, the whole point again of business valuation is to get a number, you know, somebody like we talked about last time, somebody is most likely going to get the business at the end of it. And so he or she that's getting the business is motivated to drive down the value while the spouse that's not getting the business is motivated to drive it up. So whoever's getting it is more inclined to say it's not doing so great. You know, sometimes that's legit and sometimes it's not, or sometimes it's in between. But like Brian, you were saying, this is kind of the first time I think in my career and probably in your career where everybody takes it really seriously and it doesn't just get met with a bunch of skepticism that businesses, a lot of them really are down. I think the question is, is this temporary or is this something long-term? And the interesting thing is there's no really historical data where an evaluator can say, well, this type of business and this type of industry recovers or it's going to take X amount of months to recover. And so we're going to kind of bake that into our business valuation. And I think on top of that, added into the complication of it all, is like we were saying, there's these various stimulus packages that are coming out that even if a business is down, it may be saved by a federal stimulus package where it really is not going to have an effect. Or I think Brian and I were talking even before we started this podcast that there could be businesses where a federal stimulus can be a windfall, where they're actually not affected by COVID-19, but at the same time, they're getting federal stimulus money because the stimulus money isn't segregated to those who are actually harmed. It's kind of a shocking effect of goes to all small businesses, and there's going to be small businesses out there that actually benefit. As kind of bizarre as it to say, there's going to be some businesses that actually benefit from the pandemic in the, in the federal stimulus. So backing way up, we were talking in, in my deposition on Friday about the PPP loan, the small business that got a PPP loan. But Brian, can you, because I know you handled this for our business, can you sort of explain the kind of the generic and uh, definition of what the PPP loan is? Yeah, it was an idea put together in Washington in a, in a couple of days, of about seven, six or seven hundred billion with the B dollars that is, was distributed to mostly small businesses in, in the United States. And PPP just means Paytech Protection Plan, which is part of the CARES Act. The idea was they, they would pay companies to keep people on payroll. In other words, you know, at that time, right when this the curtain was coming down on the economy, companies, especially those in the really hard hit areas, were just laying off everybody right and left. The, the restaurant industry was, you know, typically laying off 90% of their staff, you know, essentially overnight for most restaurants, for example. And so this incentivizes the business owner to keep folks on payroll, basically for two months. And as long as you do that, you get essentially to keep the payroll, this simplifies it quite a bit, uh, that you would have, uh, that you paid those folks. And, and it is taxable at this point. And so it's not, you don't get to pocket every penny of it, but you get, let's say 60 or 70% of it. 
so that's the general concept of it. And, it. and it's a windfall in a couple of different ways. One is that if you just tread water, then you get to keep it. There are a lot of businesses that probably wouldn't have laid off anybody or, or not many people, especially for in the short term anyway. So this, for those companies, this is really is a windfall in the true sense of the word. And so that brings up a lot of questions. Um, you know, how do we treat this? Is this something that we should look at as part of their long-term uh, income? Because it's going to show up, kind of show up that way. Or is this just a one-time thing? And then there's also other uncertainty. There may be more of this kind of thing coming down the pipeline. So it, it opens a lot of questions. And, you know, I don't think everybody's got a, a real clear answer to it at the moment. Yeah, I think what I keep hearing from both business owners and evaluators is we don't know. I mean, it really is, even as, you know, Brian and I looking at business owners, like how's this going to affect our business long term? Don't know. I spent a bunch of time in my deposition on Friday, for example, talking to the vice president of this business and kind of asking them, it's like, you know, how's COVID-19 affected business? How's it affected, you know, new business coming in? How's it affected ongoing business? How's it affected jobs that y'all are doing? Um, the construction company, how, how are the jobs that are coming, you laying off employees, this, this, and that. And, you know, it, it, and I don't think he was being purposely evasive. He was kind of a neutral witness as the vice president, not the one going through divorce. He said, yeah, we don't know. And, and even when you sit there and you go, you know, well, what, what business have you lost because of COVID-19? I mean, there's not a whole lot of businesses that are sophisticated enough to say, well, we've lost you know, X percent of, of, our, of our new business because of COVID-19. You know, Brian and I, for example, I know we spent a lot of time looking at projections and how much business is coming into the business because we've got an overall, you know, we have employees, we have a business to keep going, we have an ongoing concern, but that's pretty sophisticated for a small business. There's a lot of small businesses. If you ask them kind of what's your three months projections of new business, you're going to get a shoulder shrug of, well, we don't know. Well, you know, where should you be at new business? I don't know. How many new clients should you bring in each month? I don't know. I mean, that's a lot of business owners. And that's not a criticism. They just don't have that data. So I think a lot of people are telling and looking at these business valuations and going, we don't know. We have zero data. We're flying blind as to what COVID-19 is going to do our business. So it's interesting when you get you you doing a divorce through COVID-19. It's, well, are we going to look at, 2019 numbers to value this business does that really make sense even if you can look at three years of historical you know 17 18 and 19 for business is that really a fair way to value this business because nobody knows what the world looks like moving forward and you know again uh, we talked about last time businesses are valued as the way a motivated uh, buyer is going to buy from a motivated seller with essentially no strings attached so what's that mean with this new pandemic when nobody really knows what's going on? And it's interesting because we're kind of getting, again, the consistent, I don't know, we don't know how it's going to be. So it's going to be argued um, from both sides, I think, from the business owner and from the person that's not getting the business and the divorce as, to, as far as what effect it will have. Brian, have you started seeing people distinguish yet as to, well, maybe this type of business will be affected by COVID-19 and maybe this type of business won't be affected by COVID-19? or do you think the business valuators are getting sophisticated enough or have enough data yet to start making those types of judgment calls? I think it's really hard. I mean, I think there's some relatively easy ones to say, you know, if you're in the, re, you know, in a restaurant or if you're in the, 
you know, travel industry, uh, airline industry, I think there's a real high probability that those type of businesses are going to be either permanently affected or really, really long term. You know, and we can overlay this with the fact that there's an ongoing oil energy sector um, essentially crisis going on on top of it, which is particularly impactful to certain companies. I've got it right now in the middle of an international company valuation, and we've got to deal with the economic situation here in Pakistan and in the Middle East. Really, it's three, three countries that they operate in, each, each one of those countries, which is affected differently by this. It's quite the, it's quite the thing. And I mean, this is really unprecedented. You know, we, we had a, a brief, short, and sharp recession in 2001 with the 9-11. We had another one in the early 91, 92 with the Iraq war. I remember both of those, but they were short and sharp and they were rebounded pretty quickly. There was a long and serious one in Texas, well, and nationally in 2008, 9, 10, but Texas sort of was almost immune to it, especially uh, the bigger cities in Austin, uh, Austin in particular, but the other big cities. And so, you know, we have great depression levels of unemployment, but it took four years to get to that level of unemployment in the Great Depression. It took four weeks. So it's just really, really hard to know what's going to happen um, and how to value this. I think, you know, it, it may be five years from now before we, we can look back and really understand what happened and, and uh, where, where we're going to go from it. It's, it's uh, really tricky. I think the business valuations right now are probably the hardest they've ever been because of because of these factors. And you may see more disagreement um, between experts than you've seen because of some assumptions, because I mean, it's really hard to make them. I, I think most of the time, if you have two good experts um, with the business with some kind of history and good numbers, you're gonna come out with a valuation that's pretty close between the two experts. But right now, it is really, really hard to say. Yeah, and how do you say my way, my way is right and your way is wrong? And if one expert says this is long-term, this is going to affect this business long-term, and the other one says, no, it's not, and we really don't know because, again, this is the purpose of the income method and valuing businesses valued as an ongoing concern. I mean, what's it look like ongoing? And nobody knows. And you look at historical data trying to predict what the future looks like, and there's no historical data for a business in COVID-19. I mean, I think it'll be – you know, there's some that's interesting. We've got a case right now where there's a dental practice. You know, they, they own several dental practices and everything. And it's probably fair to say, you know, once the country opens back up, it's not like people are going to stop having their kids get dental checkups. I mean, if anything, you could argue that it has no effect because it's not like it's going away. You know, even if people aren't going to the dental office right now, they're going to go eventually once the country opens back up. But that also assumes that there's not going to be another outbreak. You know, do you bake that into the business valuation that there could be another outbreak, there could be another spike, and if that's the case, then the business will take a hit. I mean, it's all it's it's interesting the way it's going to be argued on both sides of it. People don't know, you know, experts don't know, but it kind of goes back to, yeah, at the end of the day, this is going to be all about advocacy, is convincing a judge or a jury that this business is either worth X or this business is worth Y, and this is what you should consider. This is why you should listen to my expert and not listen. To the other side's expert, I think this is, I mean, for as a practitioner, it's a really interesting time because you get to spend a lot more time discussing judgment calls and a lot more time discussing kind of an individual business rather than a wide paintbrush of 
you know, how all these businesses operate, you really do have to drill down at how each individual business is dealing with the pandemic. I even used it in the deposition I was taking on Friday, used it as an example. You know, I, me and my wife recently bought a house right before the pandemic hit. Great timing, but something new that we had to do that I've never had to do before when buying a house and applying for a loan is we got a questionnaire from the bank saying, how has COVID-19 affected you and your business? Because uh, obviously the bank wants to know if, you know, if me and Brian are going down in flames versus if me and Brian are, are thriving during this time when they're deciding whether or not to do a loan for this house. And it was interesting to read it because they asked, you know, do you like, have you laid any employees off? What's your projections look like? You know, do you see a, a drop in business? Do you see a drop in collections? That type of stuff. And we're essentially kind of walking through this vice president, the same questionnaire of, you know, what do you see in your business? Are you seeing jobs going away? You see, are you laying off employees? You know, you're taking on new business. Are you, do you have to, you know, you're having to tap into a line of credit. Are you looking for capital one way or the other? You know, kind of knowing to ask those questions because at the end of the day, the business owner is the one who ultimately probably knows, well, uh, nine times out of 10, the business owners who knows best of the health of the business, even with a global pandemic, even with something totally unprecedented happen, that business owner knows what his or her business is worth and what projections are in the future, or at least he or she knows better than anybody else does. So knowing to be able to drill down and find that information about what the health of the business really is, even during a pandemic, is something that's going to kind of take a unique skill set. It's exciting to me. I know it's exciting to you, Brian. It's you know, exciting to our experts. I mean, exciting may be an interesting word, but it is kind of a new time and new kind of a new skill set that we haven't seen before in the practice. And, you know, it's interesting to me. I know it's interesting to you and it'll be um, interesting to see how all, all this plays out both uh, on both sides of the aisle as far as trying to figure out business valuations moving forward. So, you know, maybe in a few weeks or a few months, we'll be talking about it from a different perspective, but uh, you can kind of wrap it up with a big, we don't know and we'll see right now. And, you got to have a good advocate in your corner, no matter what, because these numbers really can swing one way or the other. So do you have anything else to add to that, Brian, before we wrap up? Well, you know, it, it brings to mind another option, which is your expert may not, or the other expert may not be able to, with reasonable certainty, come up with evaluation right now. You might be able to say the other expert, you know, we he shouldn't, shouldn't be allowed to give an opinion or, or she's not ready to and go to the judge. Somebody could go to the judge and say, we can't get, we can't go to trial. We can't resolve this because nobody knows where we are right now, which, you know, tactically there's always usually one side that wants to drag their feet. So that's, that's a situation we haven't seen before either. So I think we are in uncharted waters for sure. Yeah. Yes. I, I haven't heard. I mean, it'd be interesting. Somebody shows up and says, you know, let's not have a divorce. Let's wait a few months and sort of see all this plays out because you could see numbers varying wildly just over a couple of months time. So yeah, we'll see how it plays out. I'm sure we'll be talking about it in uh, future podcasts and that's where we sit right now. So I guess with that, we'll wrap up and we'll see everybody next time. Sounds good.